Hello, welcome to the Hattrick Sports Trade Deadline Special 2021. Jordan Dollar Coltman with you, Braden Dollar Coltman, and the baddest motherfucker around, Larice Campbell, is here. We're here to break down the trade deadline. It's a weird year, COVID, shortened season, but the trade deadline was just as it always is. A whole lot of nothing. No, uh, lots of teams made a lot of moves. <laughs> Certain teams feel like they did a lot of things, and I'm sure there's some fan bases out there who are, you know, feeling like it's Christmas morning and the stocking's empty. So uh, we will break down some of it. We won't get into too much of the weeds with it, but, we'll, you know, just have some fun with it. First off, you know, um, Larice, trade deadlines come and gone. You know, did it change your life? No, but thanks for having me. This might change my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, I'm pretty apathetic about the day and the, the eve before. Um, nothing nothing overwhelming. Um, as an Oilers fan, it was, uh, it was what it was. Um, but overall, as just a, a hockey fan, it was an okay day. And I don't think it's, uh, it's going to be one for the history books, that's for sure. Yeah, Braden, thoughts just in general? Yeah, this day, much like July 1st, uh, free agency opens up. It's it's like Christmas morning and you're all, ex- you know, everybody's excited for all the wheeling and dealing that takes place. Um, and then you see um, Taylor Hall get traded for a second and a random prospect. And then, you know, your team ends up with... Um, Kulikov. So, uh, you know, I'm happy about, I'm, I am happy about the addition of uh, Dmitry Kulikov to the Edmonton Oilers. I think that that's uh, a great addition, uh, veteran leadership, um, uh, PK guy, uh, bigger body. You know, we've struggled with some smaller defensemen in our lineup right now. Um, in terms of uh, the whole deadline, the only the only trade that really excited me was um, the addition of Anthony Mantha uh, to the Washington Capitals. I think that Steve Eiserman swung a huge deal here. That's a big process, a big guy to to give up. Six foot, he's six foot five, two twenty five, versatile uh, winger, and he's still got a few years left on his contract. Like that, that's a huge deal. Um, and so I, I think Steve Steve Eiserman uh, should be uh, really happy to date with with what they got in return for that. To be fair to Andres Bork, who is apparently just some prospect. Random prospect. Yeah, give it to me. He has the same number of goals as Taylor Hall this year, <laughs> which is two. Wow. Two goals is all that Taylor Hall, former Hart Trophy winner, has been able to muster for the lowly Buffalo Sabres. Oh, and Taylor Hall is also minus 21. Oof. So, uh yeah. Well, let's talk about that one really quick. That one happened yesterday. We talked about it on our other show a little bit, but I know that Larice was uh, in the camp of please, whatever you do, Ken Holland, do not make this mistake. Please don't. And I know the Edmonton media, which is always looking for something to talk about because, you know, like they, 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 there's very little creativity there, let's say. Yeah. Oh, he seems to be the most talked about player. Maybe we can get him, even though there's absolutely no financial way to make that work unless you move out four pieces for him. Yes. And why would you want to? Yeah. <laughs> More bigger question. You just said his stats for the year. Um, it's not about just a good player on a bad team anymore. Um, that's been yeah. the old story we've talked about with Taylor Hall for a very freaking long time. Um, there's there's something missing in his game. There's something going on. And quite frankly, I don't want us to be the test dummy again to find out what that is. Okay. Um, didn't have the money. It wasn't going to happen anyway. The narrative is old and dragged out. 
I'm tired of the old nostalgia boys club thoughts of like, let's see if we can make this work one more time. Um, no, just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm happy it wasn't. Yeah. What were you hoping they would do, Loritos? I'm not what actually were your kind of expectations. I'm not sure. I didn't really have any, to be honest, because yeah. of how tight the money was, because of COVID, because of the like, because of the, you know, I was hoping maybe we'd find someone who could take some more face-offs and win some face-offs. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, Jordan keeps saying Glenn Denning, Glenn Denning, Glenn Denning, Glenn Denning. Glenn Denning. Ooh, That's the guy yeah. I would have gone for. You know, the guy is the number one face-off percentage in the league. Couldn't the Oilers have used that? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's the only thing you I talked about it the other uh, on the last show, too. I mean, that is the piece that I think they're missing is a third line kind of guy who can actually win face offs on the penalty kill. That's the piece. Well, Kyle Turris isn't doing it for you. He's not winning enough face offs. No. That's the problem. Gaetan Haas not winning. About- no, but I will say this. I will say this about Gaetan Haas. And this is something I would say thing. in general. There, a lot of the depth guys that we've been frustrated with for a few years are starting to at least be able to contribute. Let's say, you know half the time instead of yes. a quarter of the time yeah. and obviously An you want to get that up to three quarters and eventually they have them contributing night in and night out but to see the progress of a jujar kara who had a bad year last year and has definitely been an improvement this year he's using his size he's playing better uh in the offensive zone for checking he's you know his line is that that you know what we call it identity line call it physical <laughs> line whatever you want to call it i always call it like the they're like the sort of the the energy. kick in the pants line, the, the energy line, the guys you send out there when you you've come off a penalty kill and you just need a little pick me up, or you or you need a little bit of something to get your team uh, just going a little bit, and they energy. make generate things. And we've seen time and time again they sometimes catch teams flat footed, and they have been able to generate scoring. So you know Jujar's there, but Gaetan Haas is another one of those guys who's had a much better year this year than last year. He's fast, he's quick, he fights for it. Yeah. We just have to see that. Yeah. So we're on the Oilers. We'll, 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 let's just dig in a little bit, really quickly. Kulikov is the only addition. They gave up a conditional fourth, uh, so you know no player leaving the current roster. Um, I don't know if Braden. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to uh, Ken Holland's press conference but you know he acknowledged look he, he um you know he acknowledged that there there's a struggle financially they have to think about when you get a slater cuckoo back and he's worth eight hundred thousand. how much money do you have available if you need a guy from the taxi squad to come up like there's a lot of different math matrix going on yes, that isn't yep. always there, um, there. Yep. and so kulikov you know the price was right Defensive depth, strong defensive focused defenseman. Your boy. For years, we've said the Oilers need better defense. Yes. Um, and we talked also, you know, just about where does he fit. So, Braden, what do you think of the addition of Kulikov? Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's great. Uh, the depth, I think, it says a lot about uh, the way they they feel uh, moving forward in that third pairing going into uh, a playoff run. Uh, they can't be relying on Jones and Legacy down the stretch here. Um, I think that it's gr- uh, a great move for the locker room to add a bit of a veteran presence. You know, if if Holland didn't make a move, I think a lot of heads would have been turning and a lot of people would have been saying, you know, what? so what is the plan? Yeah, I know we're strapped for cash, but we're trying to make a playoff push and look at the team over a little bit ahead of us and what they're doing. So, uh, I mean, as a fan, you, you want, (laughs) you want your team to be making big moves and and bringing in the, you know, the, the high flying scorers and stuff. I I mean, yeah, I I was expect, I had full expectations that the Oilers were going to add someone um, to their top six um, 
in terms of a, a wing scoring. I think, though, that what this really says is that, uh, you know, Ken Holland's really trying to press a reset on the uh, unbelievably daft moves that our, our former GMs have made. Um, you know, we've got we've got multiple guys making, you know, three million to six million dollars just sitting on our taxi squad like this doesn't help so it's 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 good that it's good that he was able to make a move there we're going to be able to get some money off our books in the off season uh to be able to really um reset and and, and fill some of those empty positions there uh yes i would have liked to seen the oilers make a another move i was kind of hoping for a jake debrusque uh, or Mike Hoffman, again, I don't know how the money works, other than the fact that I'm seeing all these other teams retaining 75% of the salaries. It seems like it could have worked, uh, but I, you know, kudos to Ken Holland for, you know, for, for pulling trigger on, on something that will help here. Yeah, and depth, that's quality depth. I mean, he's played 715 games. I think he's got about 20 playoff games. You know, no, he's not going to light it up. He's not a goal scorer. He's got 35 goals on his career in 700 games. So the guy, you know, he might get you one, yep. but that's not why he's there. <laughs> no. He's there to keep them out of his net. He's a minus four on the season, which for a defenseman playing, you know, solid penalty kill minutes on a bad penalty kill team is pretty the good. You know, it's it's really good that he's only got a minus four. So that means that he's yeah. contributing uh, heavy minutes. And hopefully that's what he can do. Take a little bit of the weight off Darnell, who's taken a lot of our big minutes and play and some of those penalty kill minutes. Like, yeah. th- this guy's also, if you remember in Winnipeg, he was he was their power play guy. Like yeah. he he was that guy. So to, to be able to have that kind of versatility uh, down the stretch, I think would be very helpful. Do you or someone you know own a small business? Are you looking to grow or to reach new customers? Hey, why not let us help? Hattrick is looking for unique brands, businesses, and products to advertise on our show. You can find out how we can help spread the word about your business by contacting us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let's leave the Oilers for a minute. Let's just do a quick little runaround of some of the fun trades we saw, and then we'll get to two of the teams that we wanted to dig in on. Uh, interesting trade here. What were your thoughts on Jeff Carter going to Pittsburgh? Brian Burke and uh, Ron Hextall only really one move for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who again are kind of one of those not bubble teams, but they're a team that's you know they're not they're not electrifying anybody, but they're a good team. They've been a lot better since the general manager change, um, and and you know Burke was honest saying we just need to evaluate what we have here. They're still competitive. Jari can put up, uh, give them a couple good saves a night, and then they can still score goals. They've got talent up front. They got a little bit of veteran help. Jeff Carter, what do you think, Braden? Uh, I think this is like part and parcel what Pittsburgh always seems to do at the deadline, bringing in like a, a, a bona fide veteran that used to be good. Like Jeff Carter is a good player still, I think, but this is, this just reminds me of bringing in a Ginla or bringing in Patrick Marlowe uh, to, to compliment mm-hmm. their team moving forward. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's, it seems like it's bar for the course for, for Pittsburgh. They, they always seem to bring in a, a veteran uh, playoff guy and uh, you know, hopefully it helps Carter. Uh, Carter used to play in Philly. So there's going to be a, a pretty fun rivalry there, I think um, for him and that motivates him. You touched on Anthony Mantha. Larice, what were your thoughts when you heard Sam Bennett was finally getting his wish and getting out of Calgary? He's traded to the Florida Panthers. Oh, I was happy for him. Good reset, hopefully. I don't think he's ever like – I think there was like some love in Calgary for him that was sort of maybe unjustified in the sense that they sort of had like – they glorified him in a way that maybe 
he was just playing to his potential but never over it and i think that they were just happy or thrilled for him to be playing to his potential but i think there there's maybe more in him and i don't know just a good reset see what see what he can do now that he's out of out of that toxic situation for him yeah, and calgary a one because yeah like he, they just brought in this coach it seems like he's starting to turn things around jiving and then they're like okay well out you go bye bye anyway bye anyway well, after I, in the whole year yeah, of like I mean, is he going what's happening are they gonna play him like i think it i think i think to be fair to calgary i think they've they've accepted where they are they're not there's no illusions that they're somehow going to go on a magical run now that's daryl sutter's there so i think they're into the position of all right let's let's figure out where the holes are in our roster and move the pieces we can't recoup and i think that's where they're starting to think about you know they get they get rid of Riddick too to Toronto, who yep. we're going to talk about in a second. And, you know, so they were a seller, and that's how it worked. Yep. Um, so, two Canadian teams. Uh, well, really quickly, actually, I just wanted to, we didn't, I didn't plan to talk about this, but I, I just, it just occurred to me, you know, when you look at the, when you look at the standings in the North, obviously Toronto is by far and away, you know, the front runner, not just because they're physically there, but they're much better team yes. uh, or may, maybe they have a much better potential of a team than anybody else around them. They've made a lot of moves. We've seen all that. We'll talk about them in a second, but Winnipeg who's sitting number two, very quiet for most of the day, sort of lurking there. And then they jump in and get Jamie, uh, Ben, Jordy Ben, sorry, Jordy Ben, big difference, big yeah. difference, Jordy Ben, <laughs> which is, leads me to, I wanted to talk about the Canucks because the Canucks were kind of a surprise team too. They made a few moves that I don't think anyone really knew what they were going to do considering where they're at with COVID, but yeah. Jordy Ben adds a little bit of grit to their defense. Did Winnipeg do enough though to continue to compete with the Oilers and, and the firepower of the Leafs? Like they're a good team and certainly Shifley's played well and Connor's played well there, but do they really have the depth to fight off whoever they're going to face in the first or second round here in the North division with only the addition of Ben. What do you think, Braden? I think at the deadline, no, like it's just with Jordy Ben. I don't think that that improves uh, anything more than they've already got going right there. I think the move that they made bringing in Pierre-Luc Dubois um, and shipping out Line, who's a shell of himself. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's what's gotten them in the position they are now. And I think that uh, that's only going to continue to, to improve. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with everything Bray said. I don't think, I think uh, I was just checking on one of the polls that the NHL posted of like now where we're sitting, who, if it's the Oilers and the Jets, where are we at? And, and again, you never know who's voting in these polls, but it did say the Oilers in six or seven. So if that's uh, well, you're NHL, both Oilers. Everybody else for sure. It. You're you're both Oilers fans. <laughs> yep. How do you feel about having to play Winnipeg in the first I'm, round? I'm I'm I mean, it's still they've still got thrilled. Connor, Connor Hellebuck yeah. is a hell of a goal. Winnipeg, yeah. Oh I yeah. I play totally. Winnipeg. I think totally. it would be a and fun. Connor McDavid's the best series. player in the world. So yeah. I I, I would not be. I take like, I like my hands right. too. Yeah. Uh, so I touched really quickly on the Canucks. Uh, yeah, Ben uh, went to Winnipeg. They picked up Madison Bowie from Chicago. They picked up Highmore from Chicago in exchange for Adam Gaudet. So you know, here's uh, that. That's the that's the awkward thing here. Is, wasn't Gaudet the guy who kind of initiated? He not was initiated, the first but one he that was the, the first positive test. Yeah, regardless of whether he was patient zero or not. Yeah, <laughs> but he has He also just hasn't fit. He's just not a guy who's okay, fit this okay. year for them. Prior to any of this, he yeah. just wasn't a good fit. Um, but 
Highmore, I think, is the interesting one for the Canucks because when you do look at the playoff situation, no, they're not in a position really to fight for a playoff spot, but they're going to play spoiler. They're going to mix it up here with the Oilers sure, in Winnipeg. And sure. uh, and obviously the Oilers, especially, they got to face them four times, or I think it's four times still. Um, in that last little spurt there at the end of the season, they're going to have to get those games made up. So you're going to see a lot of the Canucks here before the end of the year, and they could really wreak havoc if you're fighting for you know, spot two, or let, you know, let's say the Oilers uh, go on a run here and they're competing with Toronto for first. Uh, Highmore is a difficult player to play against. You know, he makes the, the Canucks a little bit better right now, but I don't know what, again, I don't know what, what Vancouver is going to look like when they come back from COVID. So that's, yeah. this is a, this is a move for the future. Yeah. Let's, but let's jump right to the top. Signed for a few more years, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So let's jump that's right to future. the top of the table. The Leafs are the co- clearly uh, number one in the North. The question I'll ask you is with all of the moves they've made, um, you know, they, they, they go out and they get depth where they needed it. They get some leadership and veteran, you know, they've got four guys on the roster who've been captains of other teams, uh, Spezza Thornton, John Tavares, and now Nick Foligno. They get, um, a little bit of defensive depth in Hutton. They get goaltending depth in Riddick. Uh, I mean, the Felino one's really what's interesting to me because I don't know. I, I I guess I just haven't watched enough Columbus Blue Jackets. I can't tell you if Nick Felino is still what I know Nick Felino was a few years ago. But clearly, you know, Toronto's going to look at him to be a second line guy and hopefully choose some minutes for them, put some points on the board, bring some leadership. Um, but you know, even a guy like Stefan Newson, who's not a huge player, but let's say you get an injury somewhere in the middle of the lineup, he's a much better person to put in there because he's got playoff experience with san jose than somebody who's you know not seen a lot of ice time um riley nash is injured but he may still be able to come back for them and obviously galchenyuk who's injured they picked him up in february but i still consider that a big you know an addition that to that depth for the leafs the leafs have to be the presumptive favorites right Braden? oh yeah yeah i I think their their vegas odds went up by like a thousand today like the, the 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 depth they have right now going in, I don't know how they fit all of these guys onto the roster. If the majority of them just sit on their taxi squad and wait for injury, but uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. The, uh, the, the moves they had, I didn't think they needed any more depth at goal. They've got four now. Um, so yeah, moving forward, it, it, it's looking scary for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I hate to admit it, but yes, I think they're uh, they're the odds-on favorite, at least in the North for sure, and if not league-wide now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think obviously, you know, Tampa Bay is the, the team out of the states that everyone was talking about. Maybe Boston's still competitive with with Hall now added in there, but you've got a few teams that could make some noise. The Colorado Avalanche are a hell of a hockey team. Colorado. And the Col- Colorado and the New York Islanders. Make some news. Yeah, the Islanders yeah. too. We didn't talk a lot about the Islanders. They made an early trade with Kyle Palmieri uh, to get a little bit better. They made another move too. And Zajac. That's right, Zajac. So, you know, there's definitely some some rumblers and some shakers, but none of that's going to affect the North until what were the conference finals yes. when they recede. But, you know, that's what's really interesting here is when you look at what moves teams made, you know, there, there, there's a level of calculation as to who they're going to play and all of those pieces of it. You know, Edmonton's st- starting to think about Winnipeg. Obviously, Toronto is looking at Montreal and thinking, you know, we've, we've, we're better than them, but, you know, can Carey Price get hot and, and hurt us? We need to make sure we've got a few different things to throw pieces. at them, lines yeah. to roll over. And, and, you know, every team is thinking if somebody goes down here, next man up, right? So 
And they've got a, quite a few men to That's call right. up. That's right. <laughs> so just to wrap it up here, Braden, any, any last thoughts, feelings about the day? Um, I mean, obviously we all have things we can look back at now and start playing the what if games. And I know all the general managers are going to try to avoid that. These are the rosters you get though. Um, any thoughts on how trade deadline shook out? Did it go as you expected in the COVID era? Uh, yeah, I think in the COVID era. And the one thing that we didn't touch on really is the expansion draft. And I think that that really impacted a lot of decisions that were made. Who, who are we bringing in? Who is expendable? Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was dull for me. You know, I like I like a lot of action and I like um, I like a lot of movement when it comes to uh, playoff push. So yeah, it was a little boring for sure. Larice. Yeah, it, you know, I, th- I I look forward to the day as an Oilers fan that we're laying all of our chips on the table. And we're all all in and changing things up and pushing for for Lord Stanley. But um, yeah, it was just a it was an all right day. Interesting to see how it plays out, especially within the North. And well, the challenge with that is the only the only the only challenge with feeling like you know we're all in we'll put sort of push push our chips in you got to have chips to push totally and that's the struggle the oilers are in the oilers are a good hockey team are they a great team maybe not yet but they have great players they've got two of the best players in the entire world on their team and they have the best defenseman in the world right now on their team i would argue darnell nurse is easily oh i thought you were gonna say mike smith no, but Mike Smith, even you have a goalie who's what, 41 years old, 39? He's, he's 57 years old and he is, he is turning back the clock and playing like he was, you know, five years ago totally. in, in when Phoenix were those teams that people were like, where the heck has this team come from right before the playoffs? And if Mike Smith can continue to do that and you can continue to get some of the, the, the success out of that. Um, then yeah, that team could be there. But yeah. again, yeah, you, it is always interesting to see who has it. I am still, I, like I said, I'd love to see Kyle Dubas's work because I yes. can't see where he, how he carried the one and carried the three here and managed to get all of those pieces into play. And like Braden said, I don't know how they're all getting minutes, but we'll wait and see how that all lays out. Yeah. And, uh, but well, I guess with that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you both. This has been fun. Another trade deadline come and gone, and let's all reconvene on July 1st for free agency. We'll have another special mm. edition. This is Atrick. Hatrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. All right, we'll keep it tight. What does that mean? <laughs> Means that I uh, apparently I was getting a little wordy. Oh, okay. All right, here we go.